Sports Dance with Greg and James. I'm still the second part, and with me, as always, is the co-creator, the grand designer, the Rick Rubin, including beard and all of the Sports Dance. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening? Not much, and you keep telling me I'm the co-creator. I'm the only creator. You know, maybe one day I'll give you some uh, credit since, you know, you started this with me. You're the co-creator of this podcast. Okay, touche. I'll I'm give you that. I'm taking credit for at least half of this podcast. 50%. You know what? I'm going to say 60%. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that because you do the introductions. <laughs> and you do them very, very well. Yeah. And you're finally back from, you know, the Pacific Coast. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. yeah I, I've, uh, I've, I've put a little stop into our podcast. A little pause. Hey, three episodes in, I need a break. Yeah. I mean, it is hard work. I'm already taking a break in a few weeks, too. I'm going to be gone for a whole week. God, what are we even doing here? I don't even know. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, how have you been? What's, what's new with you? Not too much is new with me. You know, just been hanging out, enjoying life. Uh, past weekend, just kind of went out. Clothes shop for the vacation I'm taking because you know you always need new clothes for that. Yeah, I mean it's like a thing. I missed the memo there, but okay. Fair. Yeah, well, <laughs> you went to Seattle. I'm going to like an island. Oh I, yeah. I need to like step my game up. Yeah, big time. I need to get like colorful shorts. Colorful pastel. shorts. I, I feel like I'm going to the Kentucky Derby with my pastels that I bought. Are you are you a pastel guy? I am as preppy as they come. Like <laughs> my wife always was like, you were not preppy when I met you. I was like, no, I've always been preppy. I've always worn collared shirts. You know, like khaki shorts. The whole thing. The whole thing. That's funny because for me, going to Seattle was ideal. It's just all flannels it was like going and home. jeans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Scruffy beards. I just fit in with all those fucking hipsters. <laughs> Seattle to you is like people's Mecca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's your Mecca. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, man, it was a it was a cool, cool trip. Um, yeah, I like the Snapchats. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you know what? Not enough people have complimented me on that. Uh, you got, like, the needle in every shot, which was impressive because I didn't think that was possible. Dude, the needle is, like, omnipresent out there. Like, honestly, like, it, there's – the cool thing about Seattle is that there's so many different views that you can take from it. Like, there's there's a park here and there's a park here and it's just, like, you can get on parks. top of this. A lot of parks. They love their parks. Did it rain a lot? No, I had like we had like eighty degree and sunny weather the entire time. So we've been lied to on the East Coast our whole lives about how Seattle. Dude, is. so okay, so we went to a we went to a brewery and um, we asked the guy like, "Hey, man, like this is beautiful weather. Like, what's going on?" He's like, "Honestly, it rains almost every single day from like end of October to beginning of May, yeah. and like after that, it's sunny and beautiful, and it's the best weather you could ask." for the rest of the summer so you went to seattle and it rained for like a week here yeah yep so that was <laughs> yeah so you kind of just like went to the opposite it was yeah yeah it was pretty nice of you cool sports town seattle um they had the mariners on the entire time the mariners were on every single tv everywhere do they have any other professional sports oh wait they have the WNBA team they have the WNBA the seattle team, storm the seattle storm and the uh the their their soccer team the sounders ah, the sounders yeah yeah but so our hotel was literally right across the street from Key Arena where the Sonics used to play. Yeah. And know how we joked about like you whole missing the protest? <laughs> there actually was a protest. There was a protest. It was a whole thing. There was it was in protest. the news the other day. Yeah. About the five women on the city council that denied it against the four men. And they had like this huge outcry on Twitter of sexist comments. Yeah. Hey, Twitter, cut the shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Calm the fuck down. Like I understand that. You know, it sucks. And honestly, after going to see the Key Arena there, it's just so great. It's beautiful. It's right in the heart of Seattle. Um, it's it's surrounded by cool parks, and this arena is really cool. Admittedly, it's very small. 
it's, yeah, it's not probably not like NBA standards now. No, you know, I've been to the major East Coast arenas, um, not to give away where our location is, but it's the East Coast. I think we've already established where we are. Okay, well, whatever. Um, so you've been to places like TD Garden, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I've been to the I've been Barclays to like, Center. Exactly. Mysteriously, kind of giving keys of where vicinities we are. I have been in Philadelphia. Uh, I even went to uh, the Heat Stadium in Miami on a Florida vacation Ooh, wow, one okay. time. Now we were really covering that whole East Coast. Yeah, no, literally. Um, but so I, I've been to all those, and those are beautiful. This one was small. Yeah, this one was small, so I can kind of see why Stern, you know, needed them to create a new one. The new proposal, though, has them, you know, co- contribute two hundred million dollars by taxpayer money. Yeah, and it was also going to take over like the seaport, which you know, it's Seattle. It's a huge part of their business and economy there. Right. So the women had every right to deny it. The guys is basically, I think, all voted for it because, like most guys, we want sports. We want sports. We want people, professional athletes roaming the streets yeah no i mean it was just a really cool town um I, I thought the whole thing was really cool a ton of mariners fans by the way completely forgot why how did we forget the seattle seahawks seahawks That's were huge seahawks were omnipresent really i really well. forgot how many pro teams seattle really actually has yeah i mean they're they're, they're it's a great sports town i'm telling it you it really is I, um my bad seattle fans yeah i completely spaced out on that i went with um uh, we've also established i'm a patriots fan I went with full on uh, 2015 championship gear, like pretty Ballsy. pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that Seattle Seattle folks are just so chill. No one said anything. <laughs> no one said a damn thing. And I like wanted confrontation. <laughs> you, you, know? wanted, you wanted something I to wanted, happen. I, I was wanted... waiting for the Snapchat of like you wearing your Patriot gear and like somebody. Dude, I had it. the championship shirt. I had the championship sweatshirt. I had the, I had a hat. I had literally everything, and no one said a damn thing. I'm that's, really sad. Yeah, that's that would have been some great content. Well, speaking of the Supersonics, the Zombie Sonics. Zombie Sonics? I'm calling them the Zombie Sonics. Um, I've heard that term somewhere before, and I love it. The Zombie Sonics, a.k.a. the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, okay. <laughs> are, and that, weird, that, weird term, but okay. Weird term. That makes me even more sad about this whole Supersonics thing, to see how good the Thunder are right now. <laughs> yeah. That was sucks so bad. You mean they left and all of a sudden like, they're in the finals like, and they have two-star top ten guys on their yeah, team? Yeah, like Kevin Durant might be the best, like the second best player of this generation, and somehow like they've lost him because they couldn't get an arena built. Yeah. That, that sucks. It does suck. That sucks. But it's sports. It's sports. It's the business world. So... The, uh, we'll we'll touch on the NBA playoffs. Well, actually, we spent seven minutes basically bullshitting. So let's go ahead and kind of who doesn't like out. a good riffing? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like good bullshit? Um, so let's kind of figure out where we're going from here. So we're gonna talk a little about NBA. We're gonna talk about the playoffs and the lottery. Yeah, we're gonna touch on MLB a little bit. Some uh, big things happen over the weekend, and if mm-hmm. you don't know what we're talking about, you'll find out very soon. Yeah, a big punch in the face of uh, if you super, don't know what we're super, talking about super events <laughs> happening over the weekend. And then we're also going to try to sneak in a little bit of uh, PGA golf. And if, if, if time allows, if time allows, some and NFL and uh, no, NHL, don't even say it. Don't even say is it. That, is that allowed on this? <laughs> the National Hockey League might make an appearance. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to get all of our sports stance, all of our sports takes discredited if we're going to speak in the NHL. We'll but, just do hot takes because we don't know much. I got hot takes out the wazoo, I, got, I can hot take I got all a day. lot of hot takes for you. Okay, cool. So let's start off a little bit NBA. 
Um, it's been a little while since we've convened. Um, luckily, the one of the best parts about being in Seattle was early start game, start times for NBA games. Oh boy, did I love Golden State games starting at seven thirty. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure the people that you were, you know, vacationing with loved that too. AKA my girlfriend, yeah. too, who was trying to have a nice vacation. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> honey, I need to watch the game. Yeah, the Blazers Warriors games on though. So do we really yeah. need to go out? Do we? Do we have to go to that mm-hmm. restaurant? Yeah. We made reservations. They'll understand. They'll understand. Yeah. How's Seattle takeout? Do you think? Um, um I don't know. <laughs> Did you get any? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to say. I don't want to speak at a turn. No. Um. So the. So we finished up. I don't even think that we were around for the Steph Curry um, 17-point fourth-quarter comeback game. We weren't. That was amazing. It was. It was an impressive display of accuracy. Yeah. And to think about this, that wouldn't have happened if Sean Livingston didn't just fly off the deep end. That's true. Yeah, that's Steph was true. supposed to be on a minute restriction, and Sean was like, you know what? I'm going to help you guys out. I'm going to get teed up twice in a matter of like 10 seconds because I'm just going to shout obscenities at the ref. Until he agrees to. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it. So I, I'm going to give Sean Livingston a pass because he's literally been like, he carried them, like, at least in terms of point guard to the I first, think he's like, the MVP. He's close. I mean, if it wasn't for him, does Steph have that 17-point overtime? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think it happens. All right, all right. well. <laughs> um, nothing but hot takes. <laughs> nothing but hot takes. Um, so the Warriors moved on past the Blazers. More importantly, one of the first hot takes I ever had, Greg, one of the first takes I ever had on this that was blazing hot was Oklahoma City was going to prevail over the San Antonio Spurs. And guess what happened, big guy? Uh, I'm going to go with you were right and I was wrong. Ah, that's a big old W in the column for James there. It's a big L. That's a first big L for me. Can I tell you that the only ESPN um, talking head that I've found so far that picked the Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the San Antonio Spurs was Chris Broussard? Yeah, the Brew Crew. <laughs> the Brew Crew. I'm in, I'm in very rare company right now where me and Chris Broussard are basically the only ones reporting this one thing. So Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I can, I can stamp my media pundit passport right now, and I'm pretty excited about that. You know, I might be joining you, though, shortly if this Golden State Thunder series works out in my favor. Yeah, so let's kind of get into that. So those are everyone, – everyone right now, it's been a few days. Everyone has seen what's gone on. The Warriors and the Thunder are playing each other in the Western Conference Finals. The Raptors and the Cavs are playing each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. Playing is a strong word for that series. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Yeah, it's basically layup lines for the Cavs right yeah. now. But let's go ahead and, and break down the first first couple of games because we've had game one of the series so far. Yeah, we've had game one in both series. So, you know, it's kind of a good time to kind of just take a look at everything that's gone on. Game one for Western Conference was Monday night. Monday night, um, so we had the Warriors, uh, the Thunder at the Warriors. Thunder and uh, Thunder came out real, real flat to start yeah. this game. Um, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, not exactly bringing their A game there. and It looked the, like it was going to be a runaway. The Warriors looked like the Warriors, you know Steph what I mean? was hitting those weird off-balance threes. Yep, a little bit. Klay Thompson has, is slowly... But surely, um, just basically putting himself in the conversation as one of the best two-way players in the entire league. Oh, yeah. Defensive-wise, he's amazing. And yeah, his shot is starting to fall. On Bill Simmons' well. podcast, he's a huge Clay Thompson fan, and one of his points, which I think is really great, is Clay Thompson's length. Uh, can play really, really good defense against like Damian Lillard and kind of hold him to. And now Russell Westbrook. And now Russell Westbrook. Except you're not going to hold him as 
down well, as much as yeah, that, that last month. He's, he's a little more aggressive and meaner. Right. So the Warriors go into halftime of game one up 13, and everything everything looks good for them. Everything's going. coming up golden state. Yeah, smooth sailing so far. Draymond's yapping. Uh, Kevin Durant's missing a bunch of mid-range jump shots. Yeah, Durant and Westbrook were just not – Didn't have it that didn't first, have it that first half. Yeah. Come out the second half, though, and, like, the, the flip scripts. They got, the some script of Mike, flips, they got some of Michael the Jordan's special stuff. Let's just re-record this bottle? whole thing. What did I just say? The flip scripts. I, the flip, <laughs> I don't know. The script flip. No, it was pretty unbelievable. Um, basically, <laughs> Russell Westbrook took over. It, oh, yeah, 17 points in the third quarter alone. Yeah, so Russell Westbrook completely took over. They have no response for him. And I've, I've joked before on the podcast about Oklahoma City's offense basically just being, let's have Russell Westbrook run into five guys and hope he gets a foul or, or kicks it out. Kicks it yeah. out. And when that's not working, it's so ugly. Oh, yeah, the first half. But when that's working, it's almost unstoppable. It was flawless in the second half. It's so funny because people keep freaking out about Billy Donovan not really having an offense. And I'm like, well, he, he sort of does. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to he's, do much. He's got a wrecking ball. He just throws Plus, it up. I mean, now he has Adams and Cantor, that big lineup that he's throwing out there. And it's working. So here's the thing, right? So, like, you know, the Warriors have been lauded, rightfully so, for the last two years for going super small. Uh, they'll go super small with Draymond at the five, uh, even Harrison Barnes at the four, which is almost which is just ridiculous. It makes no sense. Yeah, but it um, works. Or you know, they, but they they will do that super small lineup, and it works really well on offense a lot. Like Draymond can sneak by Stephen Adams basically whenever he wants. Yeah. The problem becomes on the other end. Yeah. But, uh, when they're on defense, it becomes a big issue. Yeah, so, I mean, just for example... Post-ups uh, are a galore opportunity. Post-ups galore. That's one of the things that Durant kind of... Uh, w- even though he wasn't exactly hitting his shots, when Russell didn't have the ball, Durant, or was off the court, Durant started posting up all of the smaller players because the dude's seven feet, yeah. and then just dishing it out, and it worked so beautifully. And not only that, then, even if he does miss, they were getting offensive boards like crazy. Yeah, this is the more important stat. So... Out of all of the um, out of all of the people that were on the floor uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, out of all the players, uh, three of the starters were in double figures for rebounds, and that's not even including Russell Westbrook, who basically was in double figures for assists. But three starters, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, and Stephen Adams, were all in double figures. Yeah, and how many of those were offensive for those three? I mean, seven, eight. Yeah, about fifty percent of each of theirs was offensive, except for Kevin Durant, who basically only got a single offensive rebound. But that's the thing, right? So that's a lot of offensive rebounds. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go small against the, if you're gonna go small against the Oklahoma City Thunder, you got to be prepared for, you know. Serge Ibaka, are you going to have to be prepared for these uh, Ibaka-Adams lineups or the Cantor-Adams lineups? Yeah. And then have to deal with the small forward who's also seven foot. Yeah, exactly. And you then know? also, you got to be hoping that on your offensive side, things are flowing. Yeah. Because Golden State, I don't know if it, it was just me, but it seemed like they were taking a lot of jump shots, trying to get a lot of threes. Steph took some awkward looking threes, and it yeah. just seemed like he threw them up there for no well, the, reason. The thing with this, he made them, but it just seemed like he threw them up. The thing with the Warriors is that if the Warriors are the Warriors are doing all these highlight reel p- passes that put them in the top ten in Sports Center, and they look great when they've connected, like oh, yeah. with, with the behind the back passes, 
with the through the legs, whatever, with the crazy alley-oops and the crazy off-balance threes. Those look amazing when they connect. The big open shots with guys already running down the court with their arms raised. And they've made enough of them so far in the regular season and even throughout the playoffs that you can kind of get to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you kind of have to at this point. But, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how cocky this team can be and nobody seems to bat an eye about it. Like, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was, you know, the, they're down three or four in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, and Steph Curry throws a behind-the-back pass to Andre Iguodala that just absolutely just misses everything yeah. and goes into the front row of the stands. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting there like, what, what are you doing? Now? Where's the commentary on like, saying it? that was terrible? If LeBron did that, yeah. anybody else, any of these other big guys, they'd be ripped. But somehow Steph avoids all of it. And I get it, right? Like, Steph is Steph. Is Steph. He's part of the first family of basketball. He... And, you know, you got to kind of live by the sword, die by the sword kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, But he's one of these guys that if you look at a lot of his tape, he's actually a super cocky guy when he makes shots and things like that. And he doesn't get ripped on it at all. Like, he made a circus layup and got up and flexed his muscles for a brief second. And people caught it, but everybody was just like, ah, that's the step. Look at him just making those crazy shots again. Yeah. But if Russell Westbrook got up and did that, people would be like, what is Westbrook doing? He needs to get back on D. He needs to focus on the game and stop messing around. Right, exactly. So the couple things that the, that the Oklahoma City Thunder have that are going to give the Warriors a hard time. The, the Thunder won. Yeah. I think we buried the lead. Thunder yeah. won. Thunder won. Thunder won. By they six. came back. One by six. Um, Warriors didn't really have it. Didn't really have it towards the end there. And, uh, you know, Kevin Durant went 10 for 30. But did hit a dagger. Oh, yeah. He hit that one shot towards the end after missing, like, f the first five before that. It was ugly. Rushing shots, and then he finally hit the one. I was just like, all right. It's so funny, too. We'll forget about the rest. It's so funny watching ESPN, like, cover this, basically. Like, the first thing that they tweeted out as soon as the Thunder won was, like, Kevin Durant with 24 points and an amazing win. Like, yeah, well, Kevin Durant, and it went 10 for 30. Yeah. And it just happened to hit one at the end. Or you had all those people that were being like, Oklahoma City stole the game because the traveling wasn't called on Westbrook, which, yeah, his his foot moved. The refs said they blew it. But I don't even think if that was called, I don't think – I think the Thunder still win the game. I mean, they had a chance. With, they had if, a four-point lead, I think, at that point. No, it was a, it was was a three-point lead. Oh. It was a three-point lead. So if they had called that – there would have been a chance. What I'm saying, though, is, you know, just play play better then. Like, yeah. you know, like you, you had so many turnovers in the end of the game there. Like, you, so, so don't you do that behind the bass pack. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't don't have your don't have your game hinge on whether or not Russell Westbrook don't have your game hinge on whether an NBA ref is going to call a traveling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially with Steve Kerr doing the traveling sign that you haven't seen like, since you were like 12. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no ref does that. <laughs> so. Thunder pull it out uh, at home. Uh, Jay Donde had a pretty funny tweet, which is basically like the Thunder in one game undid a season's worth of work the Warriors did to get home court advantage. Yep. Yep. The best is also, I thought, Enos Cantor's tweet of Skip Bayless, where Skip said, I don't think the Thunder win one game in this series against the Warriors. And just as simple, I'm sorry. Yeah. Basically, it's Skip Bayless being like, sorry, I messed up your prediction, but we, that, we won. I, I, that that was a pretty bold prediction. I was joking on Twitter about the uh, the Thunder not having any chance to win a game in this series. But, like, if you have Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, you got to be – you got to feel pretty good about your yeah. chances. I'm, I mean, I'm sticking by my prediction of I'm going OKC in seven. I think they can pull it out. 
So here's the thing that OKC has that will give Golden State a lot of trouble. And it's the same thing that the Cavaliers have in the next round. So pay attention to whatever happens in these two rounds. They have a superstar at small forward. Like a superstar at small forward. Yeah. They have a very shifty... I guess I don't want to call him shifty because that's more that's more Cleveland. They have the point guard that can make things happen and can create. Now, the thing with Oklahoma City is that they have one that's 10 times better than the Cavaliers one. We have a triple-double threat every night with him. But Kyrie looks pretty good. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and then they have – but more importantly, they have skilled big men and a lot of length. Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers Golden State the most is they have a lot of length and they jump passing lanes very well. Plus you have big guys. OKC doesn't have this, but Cleveland has big guys that can spread the floor, shoot well, the three. Abaka can hit threes. Yeah, but I'm – in a not way. to the love yeah, that's fair. Channing Fry that's type fair. level. I don't hate that Cantor Adams lineup. No, at I like all. it a lot. Yeah, especially when you have those two big guys on there. I mean, Adams had 16 points and 12 boards in the yeah. game. He's he's becoming a beast. He, he's, and he's only 22. He's only 22. Think about that. Uh, that's pretty unbelievable. That they're looking actually like more and more like the Harden trade looks less lopsided every yeah. single year. And just listen the end comments that Adams made at the end. Yeah. yeah, I know people took the wrong way. He obviously didn't. He didn't mean it in that way. Yeah, don't even. Don't, we're not, we're not, we're not cover gonna bother that, with that. But yeah. it was just great, kind of listening to him, just because I never really had heard an interview before. I heard just a, like the mates and. Yeah, I heard a couple interviews with him. He's he's very funny. Whenever they interview Andrew Bogut, he's great as well. Yeah. Everyone who's Australian is great. Yeah. Let's just go ahead except and say I that. I love it. I love the Adams Cantor lineup because now they can be yeah. the Stash Brothers. They can be the Stash Brothers. Yeah, except Cantor, dude, just get rid of that. No, no, you can't now. No, no, no. Get rid I've of established it. a thing. The Mustache Brothers, it's a thing now. It's the next right. line of great brother connections that aren't actually I, brothers. I will endorse it to support you and, and for no other reason. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, right? So, like, it, with, with the Warriors, when they go small like that, they have – the big guys on the other team look like superstars. That's how Tristan Thompson got that huge contract over the summer. Yeah. It's because he looked like a goddamn superstar against the, against the Warriors. The changed everybody's perspective. Yeah, because the Warriors, like, when you have when you have Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green as your big guys, you're going to get just destroyed on the board. You're going to get pushed around. And you can even see it. Like, even there, – there's times when they don't even – they don't even bother going for the board. You know what I mean? Like when Steph Curry no. is shooting a three, when they're at that small lineup, they're leaking out to get back and de- to get back yeah. on defense anyway. Half the time they think it's going in, and sometimes and most times it they're does, probably it right. Seems, but. So the adjustment here is going to be: Is Steve Kerr going to keep going with this lineup and then just hope that it was like an off shooting night and kind of night and kind of shore up the turnovers? Like, if they do that, they have a much better chance of winning, obviously. Yeah, but I think you need Bogut and, like, Custis Azili to kind of play bigger minutes against these big guys because or else you're just going to get dominated on the boards and you can't have it. I'm fine with going small because I think that if you did Bogut at the five and still had Draymond at the four, Draymond's still going to be able to get around Cantor and even Ibaka if Ibaka's out there. Not, not as easily as he can Adams. Adams had no no business covering Draymond. Oh, no. He, he could basically get by him almost whenever he wanted. Now, okay, OKC sent enough help to minimize the damage, but that matchup is going to be brutal for Adams on defense. But vice versa, you know, Adams is going to hit yeah. that pick and roll. That, that Westbrook-Adams pick and roll is looking better and better as the series oh, goes yeah. on. It's improving every single day. It's going to be fun to watch. So... 
predictions going forward, you think that Oklahoma City is going to take it in seven. Yeah. I think that the Warriors still pull it out. It's tough for me. I've watched enough of these this Warriors team this year to really just believe in what they're doing. So it's going to be tough for me to kind of see whether – to see if they can actually pull it out against OKC. I think that they're still going to win in seven, uh, like I said before. But, man, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be tough for them the next two rounds. So they're finally going to get really tested here, um, yeah. and it's going to be just an absolutely f- unbelievably fun series. Uh, Speaking of being tested, you know who's not being tested again? <laughs> this is the bad, Cavs. dude. This is so bad. We'll switch it over to that series don't because we don't need to talk about it much. Don't make me watch this stupid basketball <laughs> game oh my anymore. God. They should have just had a running clock. Yeah. Um, so Cavs, last night was the Cavs-Raps game. Um Man, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to say about it. So, the Cavs just absolutely massacred the Raptors. Oh, man. Um, basically, if you could imagine every single pregame analysis of what we thought was going to happen, for example, the Cavs are going to score at will at the rim against mediocre big men for the Raptors. Biombo is a blocker, but he, yeah. he doesn't have a chance. The uh, – uh, what am I saying? The, the – Raptors are going to miss mid-range jump shots constantly. Check. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are going get, to get to the rim at will. Uh, yeah, they I shot mean, 73%. On 22 of 30 shooting. On 22 of 30 shooting. Uh, LeBron James didn't miss a shot in the first half. It's tough to miss a shot when all of them are pretty much dunks. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that is interesting to me, so they don't have, so the Raptors don't have Valanciunas. This, this, this series is a wash. Let's go ahead and make that clear. Yeah, but can we be honest? Yeah. Can we be honest for one second? Even if they had Valanciunas. Was, <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody last night on Twitter, and basically they said that same thing. And I was like, listen, if they had Valanciunas, instead of being a 25, 26-point lead, it would be maybe 10 points. Yeah. They're still losing by double digits most likely. It's bad. Um, Taz Mellis from the starters on, uh, on NBA Network and TNT and all that kind of good stuff. Um, had a fun stat, which is LeBron James has shot more percentage shot of his shots from the restricted area in this playoffs than he has in his entire career. It's somewhere like 54% of his shots have come in the restricted area. A lot of that's because people said his jump shot's a little off this year. but His jump shot's a little off, but he can get to the rim at will. And uh, he's he's so much more comfortable now in the post than he really has ever been. And no team's really stopping him. Like, he's posted up before, but last night was pretty spectacular. Like, they basically, the Raptors basically just stuck Damari Carroll on him in the post and sent no help. Yeah, and I, I, somebody said he's supposed to be a LeBron stopper. Yeah. I don't know who, like, the guy's got 50 pounds on Damari Carroll, all can we, of muscle. Can we check who that person was and make sure they weren't on any drugs or alcohol at the time? Was that me? Did I say that? I don't, I think you messed with somebody after they said it. Okay, so Damari Carroll is not the answer for LeBron James. No. <laughs> that, that's a hot take. I, I don't <laughs> think there's any answer for LeBron James <laughs> that's on a, That's a real hot take. Who's going to cover him? Well, at least send help, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, the guy, the poor guy, Jamari Carroll, is just getting bullied in the post. And when LeBron doesn't have a layup, he has an easy pass. Least. Yeah, who's going to hurt you the least by not covering? So, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Raptors, just Dwayne Casey, you finished fourth or something like that in Coach of the Year voting, just do something. Like, just Jamari Carroll is going to get posted up this entire series. Do something. Is he allowed to go to the NBA and just submit a forfeit? Is that allowed? I don't know. Yeah. Cavs, I mean, Cavs in one. We no I'm, one predicted that. I'm the Cavs. Play, play your stars the first quarter, and then you probably don't have to play them again. 
I know. Can we make this the Shumpert series? The yeah. Iman Shumpert series? Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great. Yeah. I loved how chippy it got halfway through the third quarter last night, too. Yeah, they were even talking about on the broadcast. Um, Jeff Van Gundy was talking about whoever the referee was that does the replay center for TNT. Basically talking about – or ESPN, excuse me. Basically talking about how – they got to start calling more flagrants, even on things that aren't totally flagrant yeah. fouls. You mean like the Damari Carroll, like stopping of hitting LeBron basically in the face, but yeah. not hitting him in the face. Or Biombo like wrapping people up and doing like bear hugs on, yeah. on layups. Like I get that the no easy rebound, no easy layup thing, but like if you're over, if, if you're losing by 20 points, yeah. like there's no need to hard foul everybody I saw who's going for a layup. second offensive foul that was called on him. Yeah. After he ran into Biombo or who or DeRozan or something on one of his shots. Yeah. At that point, I was like, just get him out of the game. Yeah, exactly. It's getting chippy. You don't want him to get chance getting hurt because if you lose him, you have no shot. There's nothing. Yeah. For the NBA championship, you probably still win the series because it's the Raptors. The Raptors are so bad, dude. Honestly, like we, I know that the last series, we we kind of we thought the Heat were gonna win. Whiteside was not there, we so we just wanted the Heat to win. We kind of wanted the Heat to win. The Raptors just aren't fun. I'm going to go out and say that. The Raptors are not fun. I even, I said on Twitter that DeRozan is kind of fun to play to watch play basketball when he's hitting shots. But the majority of the time, like, he's he's doing mid-range turnaround, fall-away jump shots contested that just are not going to do it. <laughs> the most fun aspect of the Raptors is their super fan, Drake, and that's about it. Yeah, and his if you listen to his last album, he's not even that fun anymore. <laughs> like, let's going to be honest. Have you ever with watched him shoot a basketball? He's it's, terrible. It's bad. It's real bad. The other cool uh, story that's going to be coming out of here that's going to be very interesting to watch going forward, Kyrie Irving is really just lighting up the playoffs so far. Yeah, he's he's been on a good run. <laughs> he's having a really good playoffs. And that's the thing, right? So last year when the Warriors and the Cavs met in the finals, the Cavs were up 2-1 to one when Kyrie got hurt. Yeah, which is still amazing to think. Not a lot of people remember that. The 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 Cavs were up two to one when Kyrie got hurt. That's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And if Kyrie is able to do what he's doing now in the finals, whoever he plays, whether it's the uh, the Thunder or the Warriors, it's gonna be a pretty interesting series. And now they even have Kevin Love, you know, actually feeling like he's part of the team. Ah! So, I mean, it's better than last year. He's in photos this year that they post on Instagram. He's definitely That's a in huge photos. Step up. Definitely in photos. It's a huge step up in that game. But man, I mean, well, because so Kyrie had 27 points on 11 of 17 shooting. Had some sick handles that are uh, that one against Kyle Lowry that basically made him look like a JV player. <laughs> Is uh, was pretty fantastic. Um, only five assists. That's always going to be the knock on Kyrie. The guy just dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and tries to look for a shot. And then, like, ten seconds left on the shot clock, he's like, all right, well, I can't find anything. Here you go, LeBron. Bail yeah. me out. But we all kind of know LeBron's more the distributor on that team, even though he's not the point guard. Yeah. It's I mean, always been that way. Any team LeBron's on. Yeah. They showed LeBron's playoff stats uh, for his career. Um, and I want to just double, double check to make sure I got it right. His playoff stats for his career are 28 points. Um, what else is it? It's 28 points, 8.8 rebounds per game, and 6.7 assists per game. Like, what? <laughs> is that good? Yeah, is that okay? Is that is that considered oh, above average? Can you even believe that, dude? So he's basically, I mean, so he is in the top five all time. They showed this stat as well. He's in the top five all time for playoff points and for playoff assists. 
And that doesn't even count the fact that he has 8.8 rebounds a game. Yeah, no, he, he's pretty good. I, w- <laughs> I would say that, I guess. And, you know, he's going to be, if they make the NBA Finals this year, he's going to be the first guy since the Celtics in the 60s to have made six straight, six straight yeah. NBA Finals. If they make the Finals, yeah, good talk. Yeah, you know, it, it, it might be iffy. Yeah. If their if their plane doesn't crash going back to the they're going to oh, Toronto. That's okay, we're not we're not doing a we are Marshall moment. Bad here. bad karma. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so that's the that's the uh, Cavaliers Raptors series. It, it looks it looks basically wrapped up. I, there's not there's not much more to say about no. it. So let's let's move on and get to the draft. We're gonna uh, get to the NBA draft. Dra- draft lottery. We've done like basically a half an hour, and we still have got a lot more to cover. We want to try to keep this to forty five minutes now. It's probably gonna be a little. It's probably gonna be a fifty five minute. We'll see. I think. We'll see what happens. We'll give some hot takes, but last thing. So the draft went basically. The draft was what we thought it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a little nerve wracking at the end because you were like, I kind of was hoping the Sixers got the number one pick. They kind of needed to deserved it. No, they, they didn't. Tr- they needed to trust the process. No, no, no. Don't you, don't you dare. For Sam Hankey's own mental dare. sake, he Get needed out that. Of there. He's, he's out. What I understand mean? that. But for his own, like, big final F you. No. I'm sorry. I, I will not sit here while you besmirch the good name of basketball and say that the Sixers Did you want the, the Lakers fr- to get it? No. Exactly. I want the Celtics to get it. Yeah. <laughs> they even <laughs> sent their tiny leprechaun player, Isaiah How Thomas. Dare you. With Lucky Charms Isaiah, in his bag. Isaiah he Thomas, had a bag of Lucky Isaiah Charms. Thomas is a goddamn saint. How dare you? Yes, the saints of leprechauns. So, um, I think if he dressed up in full-on leprechaun outfit, that would have been must-watch TV. There was literally not a single change in the entire draft order, and that's so boring. Yeah. That's so boring. But uh, the best the best tweet I heard all day, or the best tweet I, I saw all day when I was watching the, the draft was... You know, if David Stern was alive, was alive today, <laughs> when did he pass? Yeah, did he pass three? If, if David Stern was alive, he would never have let Dikembe Mutombo know about the plan to give the Sixers <laughs> the number one pick for firing Sam Hankey. <laughs> that was the best tweet I heard all day. <laughs> yeah, Jason. Kinsetsch- the big breaking news: Dikembe somehow yeah. found out. Oh, I would love. I would. That's that's one hundred percent what happened, right? Silver was like, guys. So, fire this motherfucker, <laughs> and you can get Ben Simmons. That's fine. Yeah. Just, just get rid Basically. of him. Yeah. And so, again, remember time I say no, 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 no. Yeah, I said I, yes, 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 yes. I can't believe that he. That, that was my Dikembe impersonation. Flawless. I thought so. Flawless. <laughs> Got to get the deep rats. I'm getting nice. a con. I'm getting a call from Lauren Michaels. They're asking you to host <laughs> SNL. It's pretty amazing. It's been a dream. <laughs> yeah. I think me and Justin Timberlake could do it. Just JT. tag team it. Yeah, exactly. You guys can do another dick in the box thing or another whatever the hell that they do when they dress up with a hot dog costume for the Jimmy Fallon thing. I don't know. Do you watch that stuff? I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, you you and your wife definitely seem like the kind of people who sit down and watch Jimmy Fallon like a lot. No, she doesn't. I do. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I watch it myself. Fair enough. <laughs> um, cool. So the, the Sixers are going to get Ben Simmons. You know, he pulls a John Elway and it's just like, don't don't pick me. Yeah, or an Eli Manning. There's a there's a lot of people who are trying to kind of make the they're trying to drum up conversation about this draft. Like, oh, are they gonna pick Brendan Ingram? No, yeah, no, they're not. No. They're not gonna pick Brendan Ingram. And there's not, the Celtics are just gonna barely miss out on Ingram uh, because can you imagine this dude? Like somehow the Celtics are always just like the Celtics are the only team that is consistently screwed with in terms of draft lottery. Like the the Hold on. let's be honest, they're the number three pick. And they made the playoffs. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is when they're actually in the lottery, they always get screwed. 
they missed out whenever whenever okay going through I'll the let Celtics, you give your little brief rant just let me give my rant the last time that they had a really legitimate number one overall pick was len bias <laughs> you know who are the number two yeah exactly len bias who fucking OD'd on cocaine? Oh, he's not in the this, Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. The next time they had a chance at the number one pick was was during the Tim Duncan draft, and they missed out on that as well. Then they actually ended up they struck gold with Paul Pierce. I'll go ahead and admit that. But he yeah. was, like, <laughs> but he was like number twelve, dude. So he was, I'm glad you admit though Pierce was a good pick. But he was pick number twelve. This is what I'm saying. Whenever they have a chance at the top pick, they never get it. When they had a, they were they had a, one of the best chances. At the uh, at the number one pick or the number two pick for the Durant and Odin draft. Now, okay, <laughs> don't you, look you at me like breathe, that. You need to breathe a little. <laughs> but what I'm saying You're is, they never, <laughs> they never, they never even have a chance to make that mistake. Like I would have liked them a chance, the chance to make it a mistake at the Odin thing as well, but they never get the chance. They have a chance at the number one pick here. They have two surefire prospects at the top of the draft, and they get number three. Like. This the guy a, from Providence everybody thinks they're going to get. I know. No, they're going to go with Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender is this guy's name. Have you heard of this guy? Is he in Game of Thrones? <laughs> he might as well be. I mean, I, that's, that's the only place I feel like I would hear that name. He's the next Porzingis, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> the next Porzingis is coming to the Celtics. Right. Where is he from? I don't know. Serbia or some shit? We'll send you to Serbia and you can do interviews. No. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> Please don't. Do it for the people. No, do it for the fans. Absolutely not. We need we need fans first before I go to... Hashtag send James to Serbia. Yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> so, the the NBA draft lottery basically went exactly as, as we thought it was going to. The question now becomes, you know, is Ben Simmons going to the, going to the Sixers? Yes. Or are it, what kind of trades are going to happen? I'm thinking that the Lakers are going to trade the number two pick if they ended up getting a, free, uh, a superstar free agent. I don't exactly know who that might be. I don't think that Kevin Durant is coming to the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think he is either. But if they do get a superstar free agent, then uh, I, I, I'm predicting that they're going to trade that pick. Uh, and I think the Celtics might have a chance of trading that pick as well just because there's not going to be – the Celtics have enough players right now. Like they have some young guys obviously, but they have enough players in place right now that are right at the age where you need to add a player that can add value. Yeah. And – if you're going to bank on a guy being the next Porzingis, Porzingis is still two years away from really being an impact player. Like, he was a really fun rookie. But realistically, if you're talking about when he can contribute to a good basketball team, he's two years away. Yeah, when Carmelo leaves. <laughs> when Carmelo leaves. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't leave this year for the, for the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, little, <laughs> little tinfoil hat on right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Careful so, what you say. So we'll see. Draft lottery basically is exactly what we had. So to end the podcast, to kind of shore things up, we have a couple more things we want to talk about. Did you want to talk about um, – do we want to talk about the NHL before we get into the MLB? Yeah, we'll do a quick hot take on the NHL because, you know – Hot takes only, baby. Hot takes because that's all we know about the NHL. So I don't know if he's still listening, and he might not be, but we're going to give him a quick shout-out. We have a super fan. Super fan in the house. Super fan Dan Jewett. <laughs> yeah. And send us a personal message, basically personal saying message basically. you need to acknowledge the NHL is actually a sport that people watch. There are playoffs happening right now, yeah. like as we speak. Yeah, for this, for this <laughs> trophy, I think playoffs. they call it the Stanley, the the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. I will, I, what I will give to playoff <laughs> hockey is that they have the best trophy in all of sports. They have the best traditions, I think. Yeah, I just, love the traditions of you know whoever wins the conferences. You don't trust t- touch that trophy. Yeah, exactly. Because it's bad luck. 
I do enjoy watching that, actually. I like all that. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, but, so right now, we'll just do some quick hot take. Uh, right now, the two series are, you have the Lightning versus Penguins. Yep. And then you have the St. Louis Blues versus San Jose Sharks. Both series are tied of 1-1. Uh, the game the other night went to overtime for the Penguins. Uh, Lightning series. Sid the Kid, Sidney Crosby, finally got an overtime goal in the playoffs, something that people have been striving for since he's joined the league because they've been waiting for this greatness to appear. And while he has been great, in the playoffs he kind of disappears a little bit. Right. So, you know, that happened. And, I mean, I still think he's one of the top players. People kind of look down on him in the playoffs. So here's a couple Here's a couple hot takes for hockey right here. Ooh. Coming from someone who really does not follow at all. Exactly. Okay. So uh, buckle your seatbelts, We'll folks. be honest here, people. Yeah. Uh, when I, a couple years ago, uh, in 2012, I believe it was, when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup, and I threw myself onto the bandwagon. Like, Why not? Yeah, of course. Like, loaded up all my stuff, packed up my, my gear, got myself a little Bruins hat, yeah, and you hopped live, right on the bandwagon. You live in the East Coast. You're allowed to do that. 100%. Um, so when I hopped on the ba- bandwagon, uh, I grew a massive hatred of the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> so now you just despise them for no no clear reason yeah get the fuck out of here yeah <laughs> tampa bay lightning and they're doing uh, this by the way without their like star player stamkos yeah exactly um ha see i know some stuff you do know that i knew a little bit 100 percent. so uh tampa bay lightning not a fan get out of here so i don't want them to win the they series penguins. but but I also have some hot takes about the Penguins as well. You just want that series to just go down at a fireball so neither team advances. Exactly. Okay. Sidney Crosby has the worst playoff beard in the history of playoff beards. Oh, it's because he can't grow one. He can't grow one. Sidney Crosby strikes me as kind of the whiniest superstar around. And that's based on... That's saying something. That's based on uh, exactly zero research. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of uh, Sidney Crosby. I'm a the kid. And you know who I'm not a fan of either? Phil Kessel. Hey, where did ditch the Bruins there, pal? He didn't ditch the Bruins. They traded him. No, he ditched the Bruins. I'm pre- didn't they trade him? He ditched the Bruins. He got fat and grew a mustache. Can, can and you I clarify hate this? Did, didn't he get traded? Or they just decided not to sign him? We're going to do some real-time research here on Phil Kessel. So Phil Kessel. While you search Phil Kessel, I'm just going to quickly touch on the other series. Yeah. So the Blues and Sharks played last night. Uh, Blues were up one nothing. The Sharks dominated the Game four is zip. Uh, so that series is actually probably the more intriguing of the two just because the Western Conference always has a strong, you know, representative in the Stanley Cup. A lot of people kind of don't want to see the Blues, especially those Blackhawk fans that are out there because it's just one of those rivalries. But what kind of really sucked the Blues last night is watching the highlights, they hit about like four or five shots that could have gone in off the post. And that's just like heartbreaking because in hockey, it's hard enough to score a goal. When you get like five chances and they just nail off the post, that's a that's not something to see. But you know, back to the whole Kessel thing, James. What did you find out? I found out that he was traded. But ah! what I'm saying here is that I think that the whole situation was, you know, basically he was not going to re-sign with the Bruins, and they needed to trade him quickly and get some picks back. And they ended up getting some pretty good players: Tyler Sagan, Jared Knight, and Dougie Hamilton. Um, is Tyler Sagan still there? I don't want to talk about the Bruins right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, is that a, is that a good hockey talk for now? That's enough hockey talk for yeah. me. So that was for you, Dan. Yeah, exactly. That's for you, Dan. My hot takes on this uh, on this whole Stanley Cup playoffs is you know go Sharks. 
Yeah, you actually, know I, mean? I kind of want the Sharks to win, too. <laughs> uh, I feel like I always see them there, and they get close, and they're, like, high expectations. They've had a good team for, like, the last, like, five years. Yeah. Um, All right, so James and I are in agreement. Sharks uh, win this series against the Blues. I'm going to go in six. Yeah. Based off of no research. The last stuff we want to touch on real quick is some MLB. Um, you know, we've had a couple really fun, exciting storylines over the last few years. So what's the guy's name? Odor? Yeah, Rognit Odor. Rognit Odor. Ragnar Odor, you know, just, something just like that. Just socks Jose Batista right in the face. Not not his first rodeo either. No, really. That was, that was like, for all the people who claim that baseball fights are a bunch of hold-me-backs, like everybody just kind of pushing each other, hold me back, hold yeah. me back. Batista was waiting for the hold me back. That one. <laughs> Odor that one, said forget it. That one was a punch. Yeah. <laughs> that one was, that a, was a locked and loaded. That was a full-on punch. More impressive about it. He missed the helmet part of like Batista's face. Oh, he face. knew what he was doing. <laughs> he somehow cleared that and just got all jaw. Um, so one of the things that I've seen online is everyone kind of saying like, oh, he cold cocked him. Oh, he sucker punched him. No, he did not. No, Batista had his arm back ready to go, but I don't think he was actually going to throw a punch. They were facing each other and they were in fighting stance. Yeah. And Odor was like, you want to do this? You're doing this? And basically it all stemmed from Batista with the really pretty late slide to try to break up a double play. Odor didn't take too kindly to that after he threw the ball away. No. Uh, so it basically stemmed from there. But, so as I said, a little background on Odor's fighting history. Uh, when he was in the minors, basically same situation, except instead of being the guy that got slid into, he was the slider. Really? He was the one trying to do the dirty play and take out the guy. Popped up and literally just took on four players at once from the opposing team by himself throwing haymakers until the rest of his team got out there. Yeah, even though I just defended baseball uh, with that whole fight there, it's pretty easy to just point out all the hypocrisies in it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I can slide and break up double plays, but you can't slide and break up my double play. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> you no, know? No. Like, I can, <laughs> I can throw at a batter if he pimps a home run, but you can't throw at my batter if he yeah, pimps a home run. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of unwritten rules. <laughs> a lot of unwritten rules. This is just a 20th century sport trying to adjust to the 21st century yeah. sometimes. Um, but I love the punch. <laughs> it was a great punch. <laughs> it's a great punch. We're, the fact that like Sports Center and stuff are still showing the punch and highlighting it, and it just happened on Sunday, just shows how good of a punch it was. That like when was the last time? And I don't Pacquiao know, Mayweather didn't have a punch that good. They, you're honestly right. Like yeah. that was the biggest waste of money I've ever done in my entire life. You got to see this for free. So. <laughs> My question is, when's the last time in a professional sport that does not involve punching, like MMX or, or boxing, like when was the last time you saw a punch like that connect that well? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna not count hockey either because fighting's a normal. But he, I don't thing. even see punches in hockey connect that well sometimes. No, like it's a lot of jersey grabbing and like probably the last time was the the brawl at the palace. You think? I don't know. Like when was I mean, all- there's some good baseball ones over the years. Not like that though. Not, there was nothing that's been like that. Was like a full on like textbook, you know, cross punch right to the jaw. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've actually ever seen a punch connect quite like that in any of the sports. I'm trying that to aren't think. known for fighting. But not recently, at least. So I mean, football doesn't count because there's a helmet in the way. I realize that this is not. This should not be encouraged. But I think Odor should at least be applauded at least on some level. Yeah. For, for giving us a good punch. Yeah, I think so. You know? One thing I do have to give credit, though, for is Beltre, you know, came swooping in, looking like he was trying to hold Batista back. Yeah. But he was really just trying to prevent his own teammate from getting sucker punched right back. Yeah. 
by the way, I have to say this about Batista. It's something I've always thought about. Yeah. He's this huge guy known as Joey Bats, big home run hitter. Have you ever heard him talk? No. He has a very high-pitched voice. Oh, uh, no. No, like you look at some, you're like, that guy's got a deep voice. Or yeah. you can just kind of picture it. Yeah. First time I heard him talk, I was thrown back. I was like, what is this? sounds like a guy that was a nerd in high school that just got really big. I know. That actually kind of reminds me of, um, uh, oh, what am I saying? Oh, Evander Holyfield. <laughs> it reminds me of Evander Holyfield. At a some bit. point, I may have to get like a sound uh, bit from him. And... Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, other 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 uh, baseball storylines. We had a scherzer Syndergaard matchup last night, um, you know, against the Nationals and the Mets. Uh, the Mets ended up taking it from the Nationals, but each pitcher had 10 strikeouts, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good. Ma- some good pitching matchups you I know, honestly the think, East. I honestly think that this is uh, – these last, like, three or four years have been a golden era in, in pitching in oh, baseball. Oh, yeah, it's golden arm era. Yeah, it's just pretty unbelievable. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got the Cindergard. Uh, we've got Scherzer. Uh, we, even on the on the Nationals, they have Strasburg as well. Yeah. Um, they have Kershaw again last night, improved to 6-1. and one. Kershaw is really just padding that resume, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you As got, one of the best pitchers of all time. It's just a lot of guys coming out, coming up strong. Coming Arietta up. is still yeah. going strong. You got a lot. It's just amazing how many good pitchers now you have to, like, kind of look at. Yeah. There was a while where early 2000s, it was all about the hitters. It was all, like, what they could do. You had a few big arms, like Clemens still around. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pedro, those guys. But it seems like every other night there's a huge ace on the mound, even if it's your number three guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a fun time to be a baseball fan if you like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you also do have a, an explosion of offense as well. The Red Sox score like 30 runs every single game, it feels like. Yeah, they had a seven-game homestand. They averaged 10 runs per game in the homestand. It's just unbelievable. That's just not heard of. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in baseball. And obviously, as soon as the NBA kind of, um, you know, winds down, we're going to have more baseball talk. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of baseball. Some Olympic talk. Some Olympic talk. Yeah, summer. exactly. And then um, and we're also going to start doing some more special segments on things. Like, for example, this is, uh, this is not what we're going to be doing, but I did want to kind of at least bring it up. Um, did you see the two thirty for thirties that came out recently? The the first one was the Four Falls of Buffalo that came out like a month ago or so. And then, Four Falls of Buffalo came out a while ago. A while ago, but then they also just recently did the Cleveland one. Did Believe, you watch like, that? The Believe Land. Did you watch that? I haven't gotten a scene. Oh yet. my god! The last one I okay. saw was this magic moment. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So they they're all on um they're all on Netflix or something like that. We'll we'll talk to that eventually. But like, so between the Four Falls of Buffalo and the Cleveland thirty for thirty, like. ESPN, why don't you stop burying these towns and like yeah, it's just sad, like just mountains of sadness, mountains and mountains <laughs> of sadness going on. Cool. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but we're gonna start doing a little bit more special segments as well as the summer comes along. We get a little more in NFL. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, maybe do some fantasy takes once in a while. For every once in a while, for football. Yeah, of course. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on, I know uh, we're gonna try to wrap this up real quick in the NFL. Sam Bradford issues that have come up. So oh, right. everybody knows. Eagles took Carson Wentz number two. I'm an Eagles fan. Just kind of being biased here, though, overall. Sam Bradford didn't show up to workouts over the past two weeks. Finally spoke to the media yesterday. Basically came out and was like, hey, listen, you know uh, you know what's a great idea to do is throw anybody else except myself under the bus. So basically what he did is he threw Tom Condon, his agent for like the past few years, since he's been in the league, basically threw him under the bus and said, listen, it was Tom's idea to ask for the trade do all this other stuff, not go, not show up, not basically talk to anybody. 
I wanted to be here. I'm here for the team. That's all I care about. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good and everything. If you just want to hear some BS and try to somehow wrap your mind around forgiving this guy. But he has nothing to stand on. It's all him. If he didn't want to go with that idea, he knew it was he knew there was nobody that was willing to trade for him. Yeah, what I've decided, um, and I decided this pretty recently. Uh, what am Past I, ten seconds. Yeah, is that I'm I'm no longer gonna spare any mental en- energy thinking about Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford, you're so a good idea. You were so inconsequential to literally the entire league, to the Philadelphia Eagles. You signed a two year deal. You knew what was coming. You you will never, ever, be an impact player. No. Never. No. Nope. Never gonna be an MF player. So, Stop throwing people under the bus because once this two year contract is up, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna have anybody willing to help you. You're gonna be an awesome backup quarterback. I'm yeah. really excited for you. But you made a pretty good amount of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you go know, just enjoy that. The, just, the best thing for me as an Eagles fan is Carson Wentz now gets to watch everything not to do. Yeah, exactly. When he finally gets his chance. You know, from how to handle the media to actually just how to play the game of football. Yeah, hey, uh you hit hit like Hit like more than fifty percent of your deep balls, Sam Bradford, yeah. and then you can start bitching maybe about talk, stuff. Maybe talk a little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have anything else we want to cover before we kind of wrap everything up? Uh, last big thing that happened over the weekend, at least, was the Players Championship happened. Mm. Uh, Jason Day went wire to wire, so it wasn't exciting to watch. I only caught a little bit of it. Right. The only big thing that really came out of it that uh, it's not even that big of a story because it died down really fast was players bitching and moaning the fact that the greens were super fast on saturday and sunday yeah basically they blame the pga saying you guys rolled this out you did something different and the pga came out saying listen there was 20 mile per hour winds 30 percent higher humidity than normal we did nothing different than we did on thursday and friday it's just what happened they firmed up on us we can't control that it's mother nature basically put some water on it try to help you guys out it's just you you're professionals deal with it yeah i worked at the golf course um for a little while and i helped cut greens and i helped you know work with greens and whatnot and you know there's there's methods to kind of make sure that they're not too fast but at the same time like there's not a lot there's not a lot you can do at the end of the day you're kind of at the you know the sun's discretion of what it's going to do and the weather. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, Jason Day didn't seem bothered by it. No, guy, he, he absolutely dominated. He showed why he's the number one golfer in the world. Yeah. Uh, next up is going to be, I think, the British Open. Is Something the next like that. major, I believe. Cool. Uh, so we'll have, a, we'll have a little bit more analysis. Maybe I'll yeah. watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's basically it. Uh, the only other big news is you're on uh, Twitter now, right, James? I'm on Twitter, baby. Uh, here I am. Social media. Welcome world. Let's see here. Um, so what's so our our uh, organizational Twitter is at sports stance underscore. Yep. And then my Twitter is at sports stance J. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's our Twitter handle. So, you know, check us out on that. I'll make sure I put them in the info for this podcast. And then the sports stance.com for blog posts that you might see a little appearance from me over the next couple yeah, of days. Yeah, I mean, you, you got some NBA insight that I don't have, so, you know, I, mm. I'm sure people would appreciate that. Uh, outside of that, you can find us on the at the Sports Stance on Instagram. Yep. Been trying to do that more. Vine uh, at the Sports Stance. And, you know, if you're listening and you have any op- opinions, topics you want us to talk about, whether it's current, past, any photos, videos you have, yeah. tips, let us know. We're always, we're always willing to give a shout-out. Check me out on Twitter, guys. I uh, don't want to brag, but I'm very funny. 
Yeah, he's, yeah, I gotta lie, I'm kind of nervous that if we ever get noticed, James is going to be the one that takes off, and I'm going to be left in the dust. Oh, just relax. I will totally remember you when I'm a enormous superstar. You can just make me your agent. Uh, we'll talk. Producer? We'll talk numbers. We'll talk, okay. <laughs> just right, something. Guys. So, from all of us here at the sports stands, and for all of us, I mean two of us. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hit us up on all of our social media, and we'll see you next time. See you next time, guys.